The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Break. Today, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to do a season review, somewhat of that. And then we'll hit the whole free agent list and check out or find out who these guys would keep. Wow. Or Got it. It's a lot to get to. Yeah. We you doing 45 minutes today or an hour? An hour. Awesome. Right? Need it. Yeah, it is an hour. Need yeah, the extra yeah. time. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But before, wanted just to do a quick mention. Leighton Vanderish, he made it into the Pro Bowl. Uh, oh! Replacing. There you <laughs> go. Nice Al. Way to, way to go. Yeah. <laughs> replacing uh, <laughs> Luke Keekly. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Keekly? Keekly. Way to go. Okay. He's, uh, he's injured, but he's replacing it. Any surprises as to Leighton being picked? I know there were some discussion of other people having, uh, or at least I saw on Twitter, whether... Him or Jalen between these two guys. So, do you agree with this replacement and pick? Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I thought the the Bears uh, the Bears are one of the few teams that announces all their alternates. So they they had three linebackers that were alternates. So I didn't know, uh, you know how that would work out. But um, yeah, I mean I'm sure Jalen's probably a little upset about that, but. You know, Van Der Esch was better. I mean, he had, he had a better a better season. And I, I don't know. It's hard for us to say, like, who is a Pro Bowler because he's looking at all the other guys out there. But he looked like a Pro Bowl type of player. So that's an interesting question. I'll ask you guys. If right now you had to say who you think is a better linebacker between Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch based upon what you saw this year, because I think this was really the first year that we saw Jalen play at this level. Mm-hmm. He showed some signs of it at other times, but I thought this year was a consistent level. Which would you say is a better linebacker? Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah, I would yeah. say Van Der it's, it's close, though, because, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, yeah, Van Der Esch, but then you're like, why? Right. Who's more athletic? Maybe the next question, yeah. I think Leighton's instincts uh, are just, especially, and I know, I know, you know, everything with Jalen's career, he sat for a year and all that, but he just his instincts are really impressive like he does things that we saw Sean Lee do for a decade you know the number of times he split blocks and knew where the ball was going before the quarterback had even thrown it I mean those are those are rare plays I mean we I think kind of take them for granted because we saw Sean Lee do them for so long Mm -hmm. and and Jalen's really good I'm not trying to dog him but um you know like one of the things that stood out to me when watching these two guys would be that I feel that I would see Leighton being able to handle several guys at once and versus Jalen. Yeah. Jalen would like run and take care of somebody, but Leighton could do that with multiple guys. Yeah, I think and Jalen is a more physical tackler, maybe, you know, you yes. kind of feel that. But I mean, this is like the Warriors fans saying who's better, Curry or Kevin Durant. I mean Curry. Doesn't matter. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> actually, who, I agree. The other who knows? I mean, it, it doesn't matter. The, the thing yeah, is, right. like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's like, yeah. God, I don't know. Van Der Esch or Jalen? You got them both. Well, you got them both. It kind of does matter in the sense that Andre. they're well. There's that, but <laughs> that'll come. They're probably going to get in each other's way of the Pro Bowl for the next however many years that they're playing. I mean, yeah, they're going to eat votes from each other. And so, no, I'm not. Leighton Van Der Esch had a way better season than Roquan Smith. Uh, Floyd in Chicago, he's more of a pass rusher than like a true linebacker. So I'm not surprised. And and it certainly helps that he plays for the Cowboys. And I think he had a better season than Jalen. It's deserved. Uh, they're both really good. They'll both be here for a long time, so I it's thought, fine. But. I thought those two games in, in a row, Philadelphia on the road and then Atlanta, those are the two games that really kind of took Van Der Esch to another level. The, 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 was it 19 tackles against the Eagles with an interception and a yep. really big stop late in that game? And then 
against Atlanta, comes back the next week. Another interception that kind of turned the game around and, and had a play at the goal line where he knocked off, you know, knocked away a pass. I mean, those two right there when everyone started to realize, wait a second, this guy, you know, really good. And then howling around and in the Saints game and all that and on national TV, that that kind of keep in mind also, uh, Leighton didn't take over as an every down starter until week four. Think about what his numbers would be if he started every game this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, if even toward the end of the season, he, I mean, I should say in the postseason, in this last game particularly, he wasn't having some reps where he was, I mean, some series where he was off the field because they were trying to get Lee into the game. So you think about it holistically, his numbers could have been much, much higher than what they were um, if he were a typical, you know, if he were a typical Pro Bowl linebacker, right? But, you know, it goes back to, and I understand rotations and stuff like that, but you have an all pro and Pro Bowl linebacker. I mean, they were second team All Pro, and I guess an alternate linebacker. Whatever. That, that's one of the best linebackers in the league. And it's third and eight, and you've got to stop the Rams one more time to get the ball back and give your team a chance. Why would Why would he not be out there? Yeah. I mean, I don't get that. Why would Sean Lee be out there wrestling around with that tight end and trying? You know, and Jeff Heath made the worst place at worst play of his season. I mean, he looked lost. Did you? Have you gone back and look at that? Play? Yeah, but did you? I, and I don't really know what happened. I read Brian's dissection of the play, and his opinion was that that he thought he was covering somebody in man coverage, and because of that, it kind of caused him to pause for a second, and that's why he didn't yeah. just go straight toward uh, Goff. Which the, the question becomes then, if, if that really were the case, and he would have just shot toward Goff, does Goff dump it right over his head? Because there's now a free receiver running down the field so I, I don't really know again I don't know his yeah. assignments and that's always the tough part about all this is we make these analysis points based upon what we see and you don't always know what the assignment was um so who knows who knows whether that was really his assignment or if he just really botched that play mm. well there's there's no point oh. of talking oh, it about is. it there's now. not <laughs> there's not hold on oh, I missed it Oh, but, we're watching the play right but now. But Heath, you know, yeah, we're watching it here in the studio. But he he's just sitting there for a while, like he's not even like he can't find the ball at all, and I, I that's surprising because he's got pretty good awareness for yeah. the most part. We uh, broke it down on film room yesterday on DallasCowboys.com. Go check that out. Go check it out. Breakdown. That's one of his plays. Yeah. That yeah, their that play. Their calling card all year was as many hats to the ball as possible, and that was just. Uh, that I mean, it killed them on Saturday. It's, it's just crazy because they got washed out of so many plays. And I mean, not that you know the other team gets paid too. Their offensive line was great, but you just uh, the the way that they have characteristically played defense it just wasn't there at all. You know, you know, um, going back to Van Der Esch making the Pro Bowl, and the obviously the Cowboys coaching staff will be there uh, right now. Six, so will you? I'll be there. Uh, six players right now. But Zach Martin made it pretty clear that yeah. he was not going to be playing in that game, and I wonder who else might, um, you know, pull out of that game. I, I mean, maybe Tyron Smith. Do you? St- uh, I should know this by now, but do you still get the like title or honor even if you don't play? Yeah, if if you are selected like they were and you choose not to play, then you are considered a Pro Bowler. If Leighton Van Der Esch was injured and he was an alternate and then he right, declined right, right. it, you do not That's play. Not right. They changed that rule. I remember one time Emmett Smith was on the golf course and got a call and like, you know, hey, you wanna be you wanna go to the Pro Bowl this week? You you know, you're like the next alternate and he was like, Uh, no, I'm good and, and I'm not playing. But he got added as another Pro Bowl, and they, they, they've changed that rule. <laughs> that's so just because he, that, he took though. the phone call, yeah, just he's now took, a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Which, I mean, if, you're, if you are one of the three guys that gets the call in November, like you were that good, then you should be a Pro Bowler no right. matter what. Exactly. But if you're, you know, if you're like the third guy down the line and they call you, then no, you shouldn't be a Pro Bowler. Exactly. You have to go to Orlando and... I think that's a good rule. Sign some autographs and, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is one of the quarterbacks. He's not playing, and he was replaced by Russell Wilson, who will be there. And then the other two quarterbacks are Goff and Breeze. One of them is going to the – One of them won't be there. One of them is going – and I really – Are you making the case that Dak – No, no. Let me finish. (laughs) Sorry. I'm making the case that he won't be, so don't get all excited. (laughs) No, I'm just wondering. Because there's a guy in Atlanta who had a better year statistically. Who? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. I bet Stafford's – you know, numbers are better, but I mean, I don't. I think that's, you think. I don't know. Cousins probably has better stats. He had a rough year. Terrible though. 
It's um, theoretically possible. I think it's possible, and I yeah, it's definitely selling possible. it a little short. I think there's a there's a there's a good chance that he would be the guy that gets the call. He might because I'm thinking about the rest of the NFC. I don't know if there's any of those other names like you you mentioned Ryan, but I'm like, what mm-hmm. what I don't know if he did. I and, I, and sometimes sometimes the statistics aren't everything, receivers. especially for quarterbacks. Sometimes. The win-loss record combined with the stats yeah. is kind of what matters a little bit more. So who knows? We'll yeah, see. I know that New Orleans uh, has Michael Thomas. If they win and go to the Super Bowl, that that'll be a receiver. I I, I don't know. Cooper is kind of interesting yeah. because he's got numbers. If you look at his whole numbers, you holy know, holy crap! How? <laughs> well, wow! Why was he's, he's about to shock us with something? Oh, just why wasn't Atlanta better this year? Matt oh, because of, yeah, Matt Ryan. Ryan threw for five thousand yards, thirty-five touchdowns, and seven picks. Heard in the NFL, yeah. Yeah, he he's gonna get wow. the call. He's then, going. He's gonna get the call. <laughs> and and Drew Brees, I know this fifteenth in the NFL. That's unbelievable. Stats. I mean, and passing yards aren't everything. Yeah. But that's incredible. They couldn't run the ball. Yeah. They couldn't play defense. No, I know. So <laughs> here you go. That's how they were bad as they were. You know? Sorry, Falcon. I don't think there's gonna be any more alternates. Uh, that's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> basically. I don't yeah. think Cooper's gonna gonna get there. I don't know the other receivers, but I'm sure there's a lot of guys with a lot of catches. And then um and you know Dak would be the one, and Jalen Smith. I'm, I don't think that's going to happen. There's not going to be another linebacker not playing the game. And that's six Pro Bowlers for a ten and six team is not bad. It's not bad at all. Pretty actually, it's really really good. In yeah. fact, I've they're seen. they're probably second or third in the league. Like I'm sure they're behind the Rams and the Chiefs. But I, that's about I it. I definitely remember writing a story about six Pro Bowlers on a six win team. Definitely has happened. That's the power of the Cowboys. So. All right, well, let's go ahead and change the subject a little bit. Last show, we discussed what Jason Garrett and Stephen Jones had said in regards to changes in the coaching staff. Since then, Jerry Jones has had another interview with the fan and talked about basically saying his options are open, and at the end of the day, he's the one that makes the final decision, and that basically there's no rush at this moment to make those kinds of decisions, but... Since then, uh, Mark Colombo, he, he's expected to return. And I wanted to check out your uh, impression to this. Are you guys pleased with this? He was a guy that made a huge change once he was promoted and what he was able to do yeah. in the O-line. You ever heard of that phrase, power of the press? That that, that definitely happened with, with Mark Colombo, I thought. Oh, um, he, there was a story written. I'll just leave it at that about his um, links to other coaches, and maybe he was going to go to another co- another team, and he has a deal in a couple days. Power of the press, I think. I mean, I, I think that definitely played a factor into. Hey, Mark Colombo could could go here. I mean, no one really knew that if that was the case. Maybe they did some calls, but I'm just saying, let's get that thing locked up before it goes anywhere. So I think I think that that was a. Um, you say there's no no rush on certain things. Some guys that there is, and I think right. that was was one. I, that probably plays a factor, but I think of it too in terms of well, first of all, I thought I thought he did a great job. Like, yeah. there's no doubt the offensive line played better. I think it, you know, he's got relationships in this building. He played. He was a great player here. He's been here for. He's been in and around this team for the last decade now. I think Garrett loves him. I think the front office loves him. I the know players the love players him. love him yep. and would especially compared to what was there before. Love his style and I think they want to prove themselves right that they like him and so I think all those guys want to play really well for him. All that works. The other thing I thought about this too is like I thought about the day Derek hired me to this job. I was unemployed. It was like a year and a half out of college. I had no money and Derek called me and was like, well, this is what we can offer. And before he was even done talking, I was like, yep, okay, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and it's like, Did you, know, you remember all the stuff that we offered you? Like, I remember. I don't even know how much I'm going to get paid. No, I remember being like, "That's the, those are low numbers, but whatever. Yep, it's the Cowboys. Cool, let's go. <laughs> and if you offered me that now that I'm you way think, more established. You didn't you propose a, a counteroffer? I don't know. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no counter? The word negotiation did not even enter into my mind, which is my point is – you know where Mark Colombo is in his career as a coach. He gets this job. Right. You know he, it's his first time being the O line coach. He goes well. He loves this team. They're like, hey, you want to be our O line coach? Yep, let's do it. I mean, I can imagine you offer him easily. before somebody else has a chance to give show him his value. Right? Yeah, and and he's just getting started in his career. You know, five years from now, it's probably a totally different conversation. Yeah, but More expensive maybe. You're like, hey, 
We, I mean, Jerry Jones said it yesterday. He's like, I got, I got a handful of guys that are out of, out of contract. I got to worry about them first. They might have just looked at it like this should be the easiest thing to get done. Whatever else is going to happen, we can take care of this in ten minutes. And we know we want him. That's the most important yeah. thing is we know we want him because of what he's what he's already done. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised. I thought it was smart. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. All right. Now we've talked for for a while also about Jason Garrett and maybe him. Moving on from the Cowboys, clearly at this point, that is not going to happen. You should say and expect. Ever since the the team started getting rejuvenated, Mm -hmm. since Dak got here, Zeke and all of that, these changes, since then in three years, they've made it to the divisional round twice. Now, overall, looking at the team, would you still say, as far as coaching and what needs to happen, that the main problem or main change that needs to happen would be in the offensive coordinator spot other than that do you feel good about what you have uh yeah i mean you got to remember this is a young young team and and i thought i think they've done a nice job turning things around i mean garrett you know the the thing is is that if if you want to take it back to 10 years if that's you know that that's people use that as an as a reason to say well he's not done good you know he's done a good job because just take it back to the last 10 years but i mean if you look at this team and how they got better i mean somebody somebody did a good job of coaching the, the, this team but the offense isn't good so the offense needs to be better and it needs to be a more balanced team somehow and i think that with linehan he was here to be with another quarterback i think that there could be other options there that's that's my take but i mean jason garrett i don't look at the two two wins in 10 years in the playoffs that's irrelevant to me. I mean, that I don't, I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me. I, I here's the thing I, I think about, and I think um, in Jerry's interview yesterday, I don't think there was enough attention paid to this one part of his interview, where they mentioned him. They said something to the effect of, "We just wanted to get you on the record with this," and he said, "Well, let me let me stop you for a second. He said, "There's no such thing as on the record because as soon as I hang up this phone, my opinion can change." He said, "This time of the year, there are all sorts of options that become available to you." And based upon those options, your opinion changes. And he says that applies to coaches, that applies to players, that applies to everything. So what I'm saying right now can change drastically based upon new opportunities that may be presented to me. I say all that to say, if you're going to talk about coaches, I think you always have to talk about if not them, then who, right? Because... That's at least based upon that statement. That's at least how I think the owner is looking at this. He's thinking based upon the options. I saw those guys that were out there that were available as head coach, as OC, as whatever. I feel like my guys are right now better than that. So my question I would pose to people who say, give me another head coach. Give me another OC. My question is who and are they available? And right now, I don't know that I can come up with those names to say this is a better option than what you already have. So get rid of that guy and put this guy in their place. That's a really great point. And for the record, on the record, <laughs> on the record, those quotes were the centerpiece of the story I wrote about it yesterday. I, and so. I, yeah, that was a great job. And I, I don't think that's getting enough press. I'm talking about. Yeah, I've seen everywhere his quote about Jason. If Jason were on the market, there'd be five yeah, job yeah, offers. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's talking about that. Yeah. Everybody missed the next part, and the next part to me was more important than what he said about that. That's I. I wish that I had. I wish that I had known you were going to make that argument. I would have spent a little bit of time because you're right now. I don't have a list of guys. I don't. And and. There, hey, we have enough season to discuss we do this. Have we can do it next. Do you all believe that? No, we well, for, we believe what? We, we do have a lot of shows, but like this will be settled within the next two weeks. Like w- w- they're gonna, you yeah. know, they're not gonna wait till you will March. know the full poll. Yeah, they're not gonna yeah. wait till March to hire a new coach. So or offensive coordinator, not yeah. And I don't, I don't think the head coach is going anywhere. No, but I think I do think as far as the offensive coordinator is concerned, I, I think they're. Could be something if he gets an option that he likes. Well, and well, Jerry makes a great point is like things can change. I mean, you know, uh, the Rams are going to lose their quarterbacks coach to Cincinnati as soon as their playoff runs over, whenever that is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he'll hire staff and maybe somebody will be out of a job or so. I mean, he's right in the sense that things can change. Uh, I thought it was smart on his part just to cover all of his basis because bases because. Nothing has to change based on that quote either. Right. I what were you going to say? I what? just said, do, do y'all believe the the statement about there would be five teams 
after Jason Garrett. <laughs> I think there was some hyperbole there. I, I, mean, I, I don't know if I say five. I do think he could have gotten another job. As well, I go back and forth because Adam Gase got hired. You're right. He so if he can hired. get hired. Don't forget about, I mean, and I, I've said this, Cliff Kingsbury I, I've got said hired. this before. I, I've never seen this in my life. I've never seen a, a coach get fired and hired <laughs> for the exact same reason. I mean, I really believe that Texas Tech fired him, and he had been struggling, but it's like they saw what, what Mahomes was doing, and it's like, you didn't win with this guy. I mean, LSU's basketball coach back in the 90s, I mean, you didn't win with those guys. I mean, and so, Same thing can be said but, about Gase, too, but, by the way. But I also believe that he got hired because of what Mahomes was doing. Right. So um, if, if Kingsbury and Gase can get, can get jobs, I mean, I think— well, that's- there's two molds of head, and that's uh, clearly the the hire of the year is like the young, innovative guy who can bring the college concepts into the pro game and elevate the offense. That's what Cowboys fans want in an offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't I don't have a name for you who that would be. If you've got one, please tweet it at me. Um, but the other one is you know the. You know, Jason Garrett's not that guy. I mean, which is funny because he was hired as an offensive guru a decade ago. But if you're hiring him, I would hire him to clean out the knuckleheads in a, you know, moribund franchise with a bad locker room. You know, all the rumors we've heard about the Jaguars and, you know, their ownership had to have a meeting with Leonard Fournette because he quit on the team in the last week of the year. Jason Garrett would go in and clean that up, and, and that's boring to Cowboys fans. But somebody somewhere would value that. They got great culture here, by the way. Like, it's whatever you say about the team and what their win loss, because that doesn't necessarily always translate to win loss. But they have a great culture in that locker room. They I really will. Do. I will defend Jason Garrett's resume Monday to Saturday uh, up against anybody. And I, again, I know fans don't necessarily want to hear that because yeah. it's about what happens on Sunday. But there are plenty of franchises in the NFL that would value that. So. I, I, I could see it. I mean, at least a few. Maybe not as many as five, but I think yeah. at least a few teams would be interested. Ironically, of all the guys that I hired this year as, as as head coaches, there's only one, in my opinion, that I was even like remotely interested in. Like, I think this guy's a really good head coach, and that's Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians yeah. is a vastly underrated head coach. You look at what he's done with the offenses he had in Pittsburgh and with Arizona, they were significantly better while he was running those, those offenses. And they got significant. Well, I shouldn't say significantly worse because I don't think Pittsburgh got significantly worse. But si- Pittsburgh, the year after he left, their offense I don't think was as explosive as it was with him. And certainly with Arizona, it took a, a drastic step down. I think he's the guy. You talk about all those young guys, all these new concepts. He's the guy, really, in my opinion, that has the skins on the wall to say, "I know how to take an offense from being here and take it up to a whole different level." Yeah. So that would have that would have been the kind of hire I think you could have done that makes you better. Uh, I don't know that all those other guys I necessarily think make you better. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, let's try to give a quick update on Chris Richard. I know there's still things that we don't know, but let's try to figure it out for the fans here. And then we'll get into the free agency. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk ex- and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. What's up? Well, we're, we just continue that whole conversation about, you know, names and stuff like that. We're not going to get into that, but... Go ahead. No. Go ahead, by all means. No. We don't we don't want to create rumors about <laughs> yeah. stuff that's un, that's unsubstantiated. But, Go ahead. And, and I think it's... It, if you just said, well, I want this young college type of offensive coordinator or something like that, that's not the same for everybody. That's not the same for every team. But when you look at what Dak's strengths are, and I think that he does need to run more, they need to utilize his athleticism uh, more into the offense, that a aspects of a college type of offense would be good here. And I thought about that when we were doing the show on Monday. Is I wonder, I wonder what Dak's opinion about all of this is. Uh, you know, he's too smart to throw people under the bus publicly, but I wonder how he feels about the offense basically and whether he's being utilized correctly and whether he's being put in a position to succeed. I think we would all agree at, you know, I think we would all agree that he had a hand in Dez's departure. You know, not that he's pulling the strings, but I just refuse to believe he wasn't consulted about the decision to release the number one receiver on the team. So how does he feel about that? Like, is, is he frustrated by what is going on in the offense? And I, I don't, I have no idea. I'm just, no, yeah. I thought of the same thing. I'd be whether curious to know. He's having conversations with Jerry, I mean, or if yeah. Jerry goes and says, "Okay, let's meet Jerry's up real like, quick." Hey, I'm planning on making you my hundred million dollar man. What do you think we need? I, I, that I would do that if I was going to sink that kind of money into the guy. Yeah, but I think the the only issue with that is I think what I think I know of Dak is that Dak wouldn't wouldn't say anything to disparage his head coach to the owner. That's my opinion. Um, and so it may not yeah. be. Well, there my, are ways what, what, to say it. Yeah, I get yeah. that. But I, I don't think he would say it strong enough to where it would influence Jerry to necessarily make a move. Right. I, what I would be more interested in is when Dak is with his best friend, when Dak is with family, when Dak is with his lady friend, whatever. Would, what is he, what is he saying then? That sounded really old, didn't it? That, that to me is way, because I don't know if he has a girlfriend, but that to me is way more important because that's when you're more candid about what you really feel. When you right. go home at night yeah. after that game and you're like, man, I wish this, or man, they should have done this. That's what I want to know because that tells me a lot more about well, what he what he believes of this offense and and this coordinator and this head coach. The other day, y'all mentioned, oh, when this time comes, like everyone gets their knives out and fight for themselves. I mean, if yeah. you're fighting and like making a reasoning as to why you're not as good, you know, because it's also on Dak. Like he hasn't been great, yeah. So that also changes the image of him. Now, if he goes in there and says, okay, yes, I feel this way, that maybe you know the right calls aren't being called or, or this and that, then that that also helps fight for his money. Jerry would have to do a really good job of asking him the right questions, very pointed questions that would give him direct answers that doesn't say your coach was wrong, but gives him the answer that he's looking for about specific moments in games. This particular moment, what did you think of this? And get his overall opinion and that he might tell him something to the effect of, yeah, I thought we probably should have tried this. Or I did notice this earlier in the game. I thought it would have been a great time to do this, right? Those yeah. kind of answers where he doesn't have to throw him under the bus, right. but at the same time, Jerry gets what he wants. What was right? Dak's best two throws of the year? Throws. I mean, the Beasley throw, I know it didn't. I know the game didn't matter, but I think that's the best throw of his entire career. I think that Cooper throw this last game was a heck of a throw. Which one was that? The one for the, the touchdown? The, the, the 
the Gal- not Cooper. So, Gallup? Sorry, the Galthrop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the Galthrop. I was hoping y'all would say those two. Those are the two that I was thinking of. Because he was on the move. He's on the move. He's on yeah. the move to the left, which yep. means he's got an arm that can throw it. It means he's got an arm. <laughs> um, you think they're going to keep that in use? <laughs> nah. Not as funny. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Talking about Dak, by the way, if anyone's talking about it, you know, for six years down the road, I'll just know. I I mean, I've said it more times than I can count, but he and, – and they're not carbon copies. Russell Wilson's more athletic than he is, but, like, he – he reminds me of Russell Wilson in this. Like Russell Wilson can hang in the pocket and make great throws, but he's at his best when he's on the move and either improvising or using his athleticism to make plays. Yeah, and KC too. And that's actually as good as uh, he is in the pocket. He is way better when he gets outside the pocket. Robert Mays, who uh, he is stud. He is stud. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't like a whole to, different. Level. I don't like to compare him to Mahomes. Is a prototype. He broke the prototype. Prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Rob, I mean, if I can catch his pass, it, it, he's definitely receiver friendly. You've caught his pass? Yes. Yeah, check his pinned tweet on his Twitter. Yeah. No, I missed that. You haven't seen my Twitter? Not, I don't follow you. Baylor, you Texas Tech four years ago. <laughs> Can't? Like, where does that come from? <laughs> I think Russ, Russ is a more fair comparison because yeah, you know, I get he's it. short. Get he's, it. He was a third round pick. He's not, you know, Mahomes is this top 10 pick with a cannon arm. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, guys just that are on the move and Dak needs to be on the move. That's really yeah, what my well. point was, is I do think they need to get him out uh, of the pocket a little bit more and doing that. And and also, we did see more passes over the middle later in the year. It seemed like with Cooper. Mm. When Cooper got on there, and and he said that one of the games, I, get, I think it was Seattle, and he, he was... I immediately thought of Dez. I don't think he was thinking that way, but the way he answered it was what why Cooper's good is he was just like, you know, I got a guy in here that can run routes. He can run routes. And, and I just thought, wow, you know, like you never had that before. Is that what you're saying? But that's just being like cynical. Sometimes that's what not you don't say what he was saying. But he was, but. <laughs> he was really saying this guy can run routes and understands the offense. And, you know, hey. he's here for six. There's a lot in that statement. <laughs> yeah. And that's and, and Des was never that way. Right. I mean, that's we we know that route running wasn't his best thing, and and the grasp of the offense, even after eight or nine years, wasn't his his you know strength. He would go up and get the football, and when those skills diminished to the point where he wasn't just out athleting people all the time, then I like that word, athleting out athlete out athleting. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I'm to, that's, I remember always would tweet that I'm just better than you. Like that's what Des would go up and just make an I'm just better than you type of play against the Saints a couple few years ago when he was just going off on. I don't even know your name, but you know mine. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I Pretty remember. Um, He's gonna get a ring. Desmond? Yeah, he probably is. I, I, it's it's buried deep in here. Uh, my my friend Robert Mays, who works for the Ringer, wrote a. Interesting story for them this morning about um, the Cowboys season. And I mean, the theme of the story is basically, yeah, the run to 10 and six was a lot of fun, but did it set the Cowboys back in terms of a lot of fans that think? That. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and it's I think it's a very fair article. I would encourage anybody to go read it. Um, but he made some interesting points about Dak and Demarcus Lawrence and Jason Garrett. Uh, just kind of talking about we were, what we were talking about is where do you go from here? There were some guys at, uh, on the fan yesterday, I think it was Ben and Skin, uh, and they were talking about a similar thing. And, and their argument was um, when when a team when this team has had this kind of success, um, their their contention was they tend to get a little more conservative because they say we're so close. Don't change anything. Like don't don't make the big change. You can't take a step backwards to take two steps forward. You just stick with what you're doing because you're so close. As opposed to, hey, we're this close. Let's get aggressive and really do something that we think can shake it up and take us over the top. And and their contention was they tend to be the more conservative of that. And because of that, that was their belief as to why this team hasn't been able to push above well, that. What are we now, talking that's a, about? Are we, but are, we, are we talking about coaches? I like, think uh, because, the point, they were talking about coaches. So, yes, yeah. that's I because think the, that's really what they need to be said, or whoever is talking about that needs to be saying is about the coaches. Because this t- Jerry has shown that when he feels like his team is young and he's right there, he'll take chances personnel wise. Yep. You know, when he thought that team was young, T.O. could help them. He thought Charles Haley could help them. He th- even thought in 2008, you know what, I've got such a good team that, that the Pac-Man Jones and Tank Johnsons of the world can help. They He gets aggressive personnel-wise, but not what they're saying about coaching. But 
take. I mean, there's a reason why you get an extra mini camp in the off season uh, when you have a new coach. It's because you're kind of starting backwards, yeah. and you, you. I mean, you got to start over again. I don't know if that would make sense to do that. But, but think about the flip side of that. They were at three and five this year. And what did they do? One of the changes they made was they changed a position coach. That doesn't happen very often in the season. I would suspect if they were five and three, they would not have done that. And so it's like if you can do that in moments when things are desperate, then maybe you should consider it sometimes when things are going really well. If you still see this one area that if you change this one area, if you can get more production out of this one area. Yeah. You maybe you again. I maybe think, you do have to take and a step back. Well, but we but sound like we're arguing, but I think four people would would say that they need a new offensive coordinator, right? I don't mean to speak yeah. for anyone. I I've, I'm saying it. They need an offensive coordinator. So if that's what we're saying, yes, I agree. In they this need, instance, you think that, this, that actually absolutely. I I said it after the game. When's the last time a team went to the divisional round and both coordinators w- would be changed? I think both coordinators will be changed. Honestly. Well, let's move on don't to. Get Marinelli started. I'm just, let's move yeah, on to that so, side of the I'm ball. Not, I'm, not, I'm not on that. I'm, you don't I'm have not, to that retire. wasn't me. I'm not on that. You don't have to. Don't retire. hurt me, Rod. Right. You don't have to retire. Don't what? hurt me either. I, but I, all I'm saying is, is that I would keep. I mean, I have a. So I have, what would you do? Flip? Do you? Can you really do that? Where you? Where you just say, Rod, you're no longer the defensive coordinator. Now you are just the defensive line coach and run game defense. I don't know. Coordinator. That's, that's not the, my first. And I'm, that's not my first conversation. My first okay. conversation was with Richard. I'm not to say what. Well, let's talk. I mean, look, what 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 works for you right now in this situation? Right? Okay, let's assume he says I want to uh, be the DC. I be the DC. I'm, okay. That helps me get closer to being a head coach. Am I Jerry? Wow. If I'm Jerry, uh, you are the DC. That's my first conversation. Okay. Then I'm moving on to Rod. And what are you going to say to Rod? Well, th- he's the DC. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do- Pick a choice. Like you did, there are a lot of titles out there. Well, we got to do you want? So I would what do you want? I also say you said two weeks ago you'd do whatever it took yeah. to keep Chris Richard in Dallas. <laughs> this is so. what it took. So. <laughs> this is what it took. I, don't, um, I mean, and I, honestly, I'm not sure that I'm not sure if that all played out like that. And I think there probably should be a little bit more yeah, let, tactful let, way let, of doing let it. Let me re- rewind. But but I, but I do think if all that came about, I don't know that I think that. Marinelli's so caught up on himself yeah. and his own ego that he would say, Man. "I wouldn't give up the DC." title and and not be here just to not just to prove a point yeah let, let me let me backtrack on that a little bit because i we're being you know facetious here yeah i i do think you need to keep chris richard i want to keep him happy and, and rod marinelli should understand that because that's kind of what they did we talked about that. that's what they did when kiffin was the guy and all that i'm not pushing out an outstanding defensive coach out the door i think we can work together here there's different titles we see it passing game coordinators assistant head coach Maybe Marinelli's the assistant head coach. There's different ways to do this. Do you think this. that if that was to happen, that affects their relationship? Not at all. Right, I don't you don't think, think so? so. No. I, I, that's a good question, but I do not think so in I'm this not, case. I think because they have Rod is the type yeah. of man that, yeah, yeah, I don't think that. that I'm not worried, worried about it for two. I, I, I could not be less worried about it. Uh, one, Rod Marinelli has proven himself to be a pretty selfless guy. And, like, ego ruins so many relationships among yeah. football coaches. It doesn't seem to be there. Matt Eberflus called the plays for this defense last year. Like he he's made it. Like he's not a, he's not the guy that has to get the credit. Like that clearly that seems very. He get a head coaching job. Eberflus. Yeah. No. He they interviewed. He got. I think he, got, he, got he, I think he right? interviewed in yeah. Cleveland. Maybe. Uh. And and he'll, Chris, he'll get there. He'll gonna, He's definitely gonna get Chris Richard has been doing it this year. Like nobody's really tried to keep it a secret. Like I think Rod Marinelli just wants to coach. Be, be here. He wants to be in a football environment and coach defenders specifically pass rushers like that's his that's like why he gets out of bed in the morning and i think if Develop he, men is what he's yeah and and if he gets to do that i don't think he really cares and and you know you can you can give somebody a title or tweak some titles also the other thing you know not trying to be mean i think the world of him chris richard doesn't have leverage anymore like the jobs he was interviewing for are filled so the cowboys don't have to do anything they don't have to do anything. Well, well maybe. I so mean, they, they, if, if, an, right. if one of these if jobs falls through. If a college position through, create, well, is an opportunity, then you might have to worry about that, right? But maybe that, I'm not saying that it does. That hiring just, cycle is over. I mean, you're talking like almost it's probably. almost February in college. Like yeah. you're about to start playing spring ball. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is maybe. A, but but I think I think out of respect for him and appreciation of everything he's done, I think the Cowboys want to do right by him. I'm just saying – the coach, the head coaching jobs that he was up for have been filled. So 
I think You're right. That's Most of his leverage is gone. Yeah. So no counter offer here. <laughs> nah, I mean, unless he can't go somewhere to be a DC. No, they, the Cowboys right. don't have to allow. Unless him to something, do that. Yeah. unless something falls through with the Dolphins, then that's probably done. So, but that's also the interesting part about this is you can you can say that he doesn't have the leverage, but you also don't want to create bad will with him because if you right. create bad will. Then it becomes a situation where as soon as he is available to leave, yeah. it's it, almost impossible to keep him. And that's why I think Jerry's going to take care of him. I think it's going to be effortless. It seems like him and him and Marinelli appear to have a really great relationship. Right. And I just it's not something that I'm going to spend a lot of time worrying about. I mean, we, we, we talk about titles all the time, but they need a new GM or whatever. People say that, you know, and I think everyone knows who the acting GM is on a day-to-day basis is i mean yes jerry does his stuff but will mcclay is you know is kind of a right-hand man with him and to him and steven so they they've they figure out ways to like massage titles what's his title chris richard uh it's, it's passing def- game defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator. passing game specifically cornerbacks coach because greg uh okay He's the passing game coordinator. We've seen the everyone's seen the clip. What's the safety? Greg Jackson. Name? Greg Jackson. Everyone has seen you. the clip of him going off on Sean Lee and, and Leighton Vanderesh. What do you think he's talking about? What was killing the team? Was it was it pass defense? Run. Right. So just by that, you can kind of see who the defensive coordinator really is. I mean, he was he was going off on two linebackers about the way that they're playing the run. That I hadn't given up a pass. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. I, I think it's really clear that he's the you know defensive coordinator, and he, he was calling plays at times. In two or three weeks, Cowboys PR is going to send out an email, and Chris Richard's going to have a new title under his name, and they're not going to tell us anything about his contract terms. But cool. then we'll somebody will two or three out. weeks. Yeah. When's the story break? Like tomorrow? Or? Well, yes, good point. The story will break while you're in Orlando, and then uh, the email will come out in <laughs> two or three weeks. Look, about that, that, that video they're showing right now, he's addressing the entire defense. Like on the sideline, he's addressing the entire defense, and that would be in the – that was not the Arizona. Gosh, I mean, that was that not gets the me fired Rams up. game. Rod, Rod, looked, Rod was on the bench, looked like he had the grease board. He was probably talking to the pass Who rushers. Was 65? I don't know. Uh, Ringo? No, that clip was probably Star? from a while ago. Oh, that was a while from, ago. That, that wasn't from Preseason. No, that was not. No, Rams. Oh, Preseason, yeah. not Rams. I was like, who's Rams. the guy with the dreads? I saw a team in the background. It looked like they had on red jerseys, but I don't know. It wasn't the Rams. That oh. clip was clearly AT and T Stadium. Yes. Any right. any chances there were cuss words in there? A hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. A hundred percent. Let's not put just him out couple. there like that. Maybe he was just saying, "I love what we're doing today, guys." Let's but we could be doing it better. Come get a hug after the game. I just. I'm I, like, okay. I don't. I don't worry about that at all. Uh, I. Do, oh yeah, he just dropped one. Yeah, there you go. There you I go. saw that one. Yeah. I don't worry. Sure like hydrate. I think that's going <laughs> to work out water really well. Gatorade, whatever. All you right, need. let's go ahead and take our final <laughs> break. When we come back, let's figure out what else we can talk about because I don't know if we'll be able to hit this whole free agent list. I told you. Or, that's yep. what I said. You're it's right. Wednesday. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True, they even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm, I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Man, we all know about Tommy John. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. I, I Did anyone go Tommy John today? I yep. did. It's a good day. Right shop. It's also date night. Oh, is that right? Okay, we yeah. don't know. We so, don't need to so know about your intimate why life. Tommy John will help you in date night. Well, you know what? Don't tell me that, actually. <laughs> but, I was getting ready to tell you, too. Go ahead. Go that's ahead. awesome. But if you want to enhance your date night, <laughs> or just maybe get a date, yeah. Dave. Shop exclusive cowboys. I'm kidding. I'm wow. Kidding. Joking. Wow. That is Not wild. that Dave. I wasn't talking about that. Oh, Dave. I was talking about Dave from ER. Right. Yeah. Shop exclusive. <laughs> who's married? Who, shop exclusive cowboys underwear. TommyJohn.com forward slash cowboys. Dave, I'm kidding. It's okay. All right. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> We've made an executive decision to push back the whole free agency talk and free agent list. So we'll need a whole show for that. We'll hit that next week. We'll yeah, probably yeah. need a few weeks of shows for that. Yeah, we'll do that later on. But in the Can meantime, we, we have a call from Ray Let in Fort Worth. Ray! Thomas, done. Hello, hello, guys. How hey. are you doing? What up, man? Hey, crazy hey, Ray. Um, I wouldn't mind Chris Bouchard as the defensive coordinator, but it needs to be his system. I mean, I, I wanted to change as offensive coordinator. Nick, you're right. There, there is nothing wrong with fresh perspective. I mean, just bringing everybody back and doing the same isn't working. There's nothing wrong with change. I, I, I was kind of disappointed. You, you, you talk about Jerry's uh, radio show. He also he dismissed the Rams' notion that they knew it was coming and basically blamed it on footwear. Mm. Really? Four quarters and you had a problem with footwear. Who's, who's responsible for that? That's the coach. If if they knew the if they if the rounds were right and they knew what was coming, that's coaching. Yeah. So now if we all know there's other reasons that Garrett's the head coach here. Now, be to be fair, we don't know how good better he could be on a different on a different climate in a different environment on another team. So there's that. But my biggest issue was this offensive coordinator position. And just saying, I mean, it was kind of funny. He says there's no change, just Gary did. And then here comes the, the real people in charge, like, Steve, you know, like uh, Steven said, well, that's too early. I mean, something has to change. I mean, just saying, oh, we're just bringing everybody back and doing the same, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't worked. Hey, Ray, Ray, let me just ask you this. And it's been a while since you've called, so it's, it's good to hear your voice again. But um, can you – if Jason Garrett has a couple of guys in mind, then they may make a change. They're they're thinking that out, and he gets a radio show, and he says, "What what are they going to do with the offensive coordinator?" And and you're still a ways away from making that. He did not say that Scott Linehan's coming back. He's saying right now we don't anticipate any changes. Right now we don't anticipate any changes. But what else can he say at that moment? Steven answered it differently, but I mean I don't think he said, "Oh, definitely Scott's coming back. He was amazing." He said. Well, right now, he, I don't anticipate that. He had to give yeah. himself some outs. You're, you're right. I, I'm not saying that that's what was he said that was going to be the issue here. Yeah. But I just kind of hope there is a change. Nothing right. against Scott Linehan, but there, there's nothing wrong with fresh perspective. It's right. fresh I, eyes of your point is just system. you want to see a change. Yeah. Regardless of what everybody's saying, you want to see a change. That's the point, right? And you're speaking right. there's, for there's so many people. There's nothing wrong with for a different system. I yeah. mean, you said, you I don't know if Mike McCarthy would come in here as an offensive coordinator. I don't know, but if he, if he hypothetically, if he was available and he would take the job, he's an upgrade. I'm sorry, he's an upgrade. Whatever you want to say about his coaching style at Green Bay, he's an upgrade. He has skins on the wall. It's a different system. Or whoever you want to bring in here, just get a bit of different set of eyes, assess, assist a different system in here. I agree. As far as, you know, because Dak, you know, Dak's best game was the Jaguars game. 
RPO'd him to death. He ran he's 11 not, times. He's, he's a solid quarterback. He's never going to be the kind of guy to, that you want to throw the ball 40 or 50 times. And that's basically what the Rams said. Go ahead, Dak. If you can beat us passing, go ahead and do it. The problem with the problem was he he we we didn't in my in my view we did, we haven't been using Dak to his best to his best potential. All right, we appreciate the call, problem. and I, Thank you. I I agree with everything he said. I, I can't think of one thing he said I that disagree. One thing. Go ahead, because I don't. I I personally don't think that it's hard for me to see a scenario where Mike McCartney oh. is a great fit, and the reason why is because if you're saying. That if you're saying that this offense or that the offense needs to be catered to Dak, guess what? That's not what Mike McCarthy's been doing for the last however yeah. many years. Like he's been dealing with a quarterback that can take you apart with his arm. That's not what Dak's strength is. So to me, if you're going to change out the offensive coordinator, I think you want to be looking for someone who has called an offense where the yes. the, the skills of the quarterback that. are very different than the yeah. skills of the quarterback yeah. that McCarthy's been dealing with in Green Bay. That's that says nothing about Mike McCarthy as a coach. Oh well, he's a great coach. Well, that's a good. I point. just think you got to find somebody that fits for this quarterback if you're going to make that change. I I agree with everything y'all just said. I agree with Ray's overall point, but it's the classic case of like one man's trash being another man's treasure. Because go check in with what people in Green Bay think about that offense yeah. and how much they underachieved with what I think most people would agree is the best quarterback in football. Yeah. And so I can't say he's a definite upgrade, and I certainly don't think he's the right guy to work with a 25-year-old mobile and quarterback. He's, he's made it clear he's taking the year off. He's probably yeah. got another year on that contract, and he's getting paid for it. You know That happens a lot. You get fired, and they're like, all right, you're still going to pay me. Unless you get the right opportunity, right? Yeah, That's the, the right whole thing. It has to be the perfect opportunity, or you might as well just sit out, right? I mentioned, uh, I mentioned that story from The Ringer this morning earlier, and I remember one of the stats from it was that, uh, according to Next Gen Stats, Zeke, Zeke was run right into an eight or more man box on like 40 or 41% of his carries against the Rams. They were just charging right into a loaded and box. Is that, and you're saying it wasn't running outside. It was running between the tackles right. 41% of the time right. against an eight-man box. Right. I mean, I think it goes, goes back to what we said on, uh, on Mondays. You could, you could call it stubbornness or arrogance, whichever word you prefer. I think they're kind of similar there. But, um, yeah, I just think there's a philosophical disconnect between what these guys want to call and what might actually work. You know what I'd want to know? <clears throat> I'd want to know um, throughout the season, particularly in games that they won, how often they did that and how often, and this, is gonna, this would take a ton of research, but how often they did that in the second half and it worked in games where in the first half it didn't. Because yeah. the reason why I'm saying that is because when you start thinking about it from that perspective, yeah. you call plays based upon history. You call plays based upon, I know, let's say, for example, that that played out like that, that this season when they won games, in the first half they'd do it and they would stop, 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 stop. By the second half, that turned into a four-yard run, that turned into an eight-yard run, whatever the case might be. And so in the play caller's mind, he's thinking, you just got to stay consistent with it because you know over time it works. That is it is like a philosophical debate. I don't know how to answer it. Like analytics people – that's their nightmare. And then there's old school right. football coaches who are like, this works. And and we've seen it work for the Cowboys a million times. We've also seen situations like the Seattle game. I mean, the Seahawks want to establish the run, too. Pete Carroll is the only guy in the league who's as obsessed with the run as the Cowboys are. And Except for on Super Bowl. On well, good point. But the goal line. they rammed their faces into a brick wall 40 times in that game when Russ, I mean, let's be honest, Russell Wilson was killing them when he was throwing the ball. And they were just like, no, nah, no, nah, that's okay. Because it's going to pop eventually, and it never popped. Yep. And that's the risk you run when you're committed to that. And it works when you're Seattle in week three, and the opposing offense is so inept that you can average 2.9 yards per carry, and it doesn't matter. It's not always going to work. Definitely not when you're playing a 13-3 and team with a great offense. And by the way, a team that took two weeks, by the way. They didn't play. So they had two weeks to really look at everything you do and to be able to say, That's, here's how we want think we can attack that and beat that. I don't want to give the Cowboys a pass for all the stuff that came out of the Rams locker room about, you know, I there's you don't want to be predictable, and I get that, and, and you can coach that better. I think – I think NFL teams are really good at this, though. I think that's pretty normal. Like, I think it's pretty normal to, like, you know, uh, Doug Baldwin talked about it after the first Cowboys game. He's like, we've got two guys whose jobs it is to just watch the opposing sideline and figure out their signals. And usually by the second half, 
we've got a pretty good read on it. And like that's it's part of the game. And by the way, you give a team two weeks to be able to look at film, they'll find probably a lot more. And that's one of the reasons why I think that when you when you talk about coaches that are innovative and know how to create different kinds of game plans. I think those coaches are even better in the playoffs. I think that's one of the reasons why Belichick has had so, so much success in the postseason is because when you give them two weeks to be able to prepare for an opponent, their ability to be able to come up with a game plan that's custom built for this particular opponent. You think about the Rams. They did everything that they typically don't do in that game. And I would suspect the reason that they did it is because as they were looking through and really taking time to dive into the Cowboys, they saw some things that said we can exploit this. We can exploit that running game. Maybe they went back and looked at that Indianapolis game and said, we see some things here that even though running isn't necessarily yeah. the top priority of what we do, we can we can have a lot of success there. Against I don't them. understand why, um, and it hasn't really been mentioned, but but Suofilo, like, w- was he hurt? You know, like, why didn't he play? Because they, they ran the ball better with him. I mean, they, they ran the ball better during the season when Suofilo was in there uh, healthy. Now, if he wasn't, then that's one thing. But he was, but he was active. I just, I know he was active, but I just assume. But was he like good enough to be playing the whole game? Well, and that's, that's the thing. Like you could have him active as a backup in case of emergency. You know. Yeah, I, I, that's that's what I'm saying, and that's what I'm I'm curious to see because I, you know, they, you know, it, it's very convenient, and I'm sure you you play your best players in the playoffs. I get it, but it's very convenient now going into the season. You, you yeah. know who would they want? They want their second round pick to be a starter. That, that's right. that's why you drafted him. But I mean, Suofilo was was better when he was healthy, and I'm I'm curious to see how this whole thing's going to play out. Yeah. There, because what if Frederick does come back, and 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 Jason oh. made some pretty you know there's interesting some... comments there about how he's getting better and he's starting to get his strength back a little bit, so that's good signs for Frederick. Looney, there are conversations to be had about what that offensive line is going to look like next year. Looney needs to be in contention for starting position. If 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 Suofilo and and um, Connor and they're all going to be battling for guard, Joe Looney needs to be battling for guard, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't um, know if he will. I know nothing. I one hundred percent could be wrong, and I'll admit it right here if I am. But like, I just we're gonna we're gonna talk about Connor Williams's viability as a tackle, tackle. before before it's all said and done. And I think you should, especially if if Frederick comes back, and now you really are thinking about Looney at guard. I think you absolutely should. Wasn't there a guard also that the Cowboys put on IR? Yes, Marcus, Marcus Martin, Martin, but I believe agent. he's up. Free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent. He ain't come One more, but we can Which I think that's that was great. But on the other topic of coaching and scouting the opposition too, Jerry Jones, he made a good point, but I kind of thought it was a damning point too in that interview because he said he was like, well. In 93, or you know, after we won one of the Super Bowls, I went to the competition committee meetings, and everybody that we played was like, we knew exactly what you were doing. Like, we scouted everything. We knew based on how you lined up, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. We just couldn't stop you anyway. And that's great, which proves the point is, you know, teams are going to do that, and it, it won't necessarily stop you from executing, but it's not 1992 anymore, and you're probably not going to have that much of a talent edge in there today's NFL, especially when you get to the playoffs. And go. that is why coaching matters. There you go. Well, we're about to end our show, but just to finalize, and real quick, I hopefully this doesn't take too long, but let's give some predictions. We're out of the run, but it doesn't mean that we're going to stop watching football this weekend or the following weekend. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, New England versus Kansas City. Who are you picking? Rooting interest, I'm rooting for Kansas City. Kansas. Nick. Who are you picking? I'm rooting for Kansas City. It's all the same at this point. I'm rooting for Kansas City. Oh. No one cares about who you're rooting for. You're rooting for Texas. Who are you going to win? I'm just who saying. Do you think why are you I, I, okay, here's the deal. I don't watch those teams enough to be able to give a, a prediction, so right. I'm rooting for Kansas City. Yeah. Well. There you go. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> all right, Dave. Kansas City. Um, Kansas City's a better football team, and they'll win at home. I mean, it's their year. And I think the better football teams all year have been Kansas City and, and New Orleans. Do you think, think the weather's going to affect them? No, who? Either one. Both. No. They both got to play in it. No. Zero degrees. Yeah. Nothing would make me happier than a Saints-Chiefs Super Bowl. It would. I mean, as a football fan, it would be exciting. I'm from New Orleans. I would love to see the Saints win. First, I'm, the the Patriots are just like a they're a dragon. I'll believe that they're gone when they're gone because they've been in the last two. They've been in four of the last five. True. 
Andy Reid has a bad – I mean, I know he won – they won last week. Good for them. But he's got a bad record in the playoffs, bad record in big moments. Uh, I think the Pats will find a way to win. And honestly, this might just be my natural pessimism, but I want the Saints to win, and they played a close game with the Rams. I just I, – I think it's going to be a Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. You know, my, Are y'all expecting interest, the Saints to take out the Rams? Actually, my rooting interest is with the Rams. I, I'm really rooting for those two, two teams because I think a rematch of that game earlier this season, Rams-Chiefs, will be fun on a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, you, I think honestly, be a ton of fun you can't. Yeah, the Saints-Chiefs would be – I mean, the Saints beat the Rams at that same game, so they, they could play that same type you of game. I get you, but I think it would be a different game. I think it would be a, a little lower score game because I do think the Saints have a much better defense than the Chiefs do. It's true. I think it will be a, a much more wide-open – pass happy the defenses will make some plays and like they did in that first game there may be some defensive scores but i just think it'll be a wide open game it'll be back and forth i think the saints if they're there i think their defense will be a lot better than i don't think you can go wrong so there's four possible super bowls right i think they would all be great i think yeah no doubt ratings are good Yeah, yeah you got you got teams in here that are all good teams no doubt about it. Well, you got the one-two in both conferences, right? And you're going to have the MVP of the league, whoever that is. You're going to have the Offensive Player of the Year, whoever that is, and you're going to have the Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, you have them right now. That's what I mean. You oh, have them now. This is, yeah. objectively, this is as good as a championship Sunday has been in a long time. Yep. I'm actually looking forward to watching it. It's going to be fun, even though we're not in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, One day. Quick, One more you in the show. One day. I just saw some news come out that uh, Cole Beasley, just had another bait. Well, he did. Just had a new bait. Yeah, Jovi, I, Jovi Carter Beasley. That's their third. Yeah, is it third? Yeah. Third, I believe so. I didn't even realize she was printed this, again. This just in until it popped His out. price tag just went up a little bit more because <laughs> no he's got three kids now. No three doubt. kids in 2019. No doubt. Right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday at 11 a.m. For Derek Eagleton, Nicky Min, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?